You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 14. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. Happy New Year. This is your host, Meg Rentschler, welcoming you to the Star Coach Podcast. As always, it is wonderful to have you join us. And I look forward to a great new year with many new shows rolling out and uh, a continued journey together regarding the strategies, tools, and resources that professional coaches use. We start this year with a show focusing on the power of coaching in educational settings. As we've talked about in several of our shows, a coaching conversation brings about empowerment, and it brings about more effective communication. And what better place to set the stage for that than in our educational settings, where our children are learning and growing. And if we're able to teach leaders in school systems how to communicate in such a way that people feel valued and heard and that their opinions are important. That then has a ripple effect. Something that our guest on today's show refers to as vertical alignment. That when you're treated a particular way, you treat others that way. When leaders in school systems truly listen and are present and curious and believe in their teachers, Teachers are, are that much more likely to believe in and listen and encourage their students. And students are more likely to treat one another that way. As Fran says, bullying can't take place in a coaching culture. Our guest on today's show is Fran Schuster. She's a professional certified coach and a partner in Results Coaching Global. That's the company that brings these coaching conversations into school systems. They train leaders in the skills of coaching and change educational environments based on creating these coaching cultures. Fran says her life purpose is to seek and share love, peace, wisdom, and joy. And that is done through her work in these school systems. So let's go to our interview with Fran Schuster. Fran, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Well, thank you, uh, Meg. It's great to be here. Well, uh, Fran and I have worked together. Uh, we were instructors together at the University of Texas at Dallas in their executive coaching program. That's when we met. I don't know if you remember, Fran, we were sort of paired together by the leadership at UTD because we both, um, I come from the psychotherapy background, you come from the educational background, and those are sort of the, the foundational pieces of 
cognitive coaching, and we taught cognitive coaching together. So it turns out that we live in the same little small town in Texas, and we didn't even know it. That was fun. What serendipity, yes. Absolutely. So I've asked Fran to be on the show because, as I said, Fran and her company bring coaching into educational arenas. And to me, that is so exciting because that's where our foundation is. That's where our children are growing and learning. And so the leaders that work with them and the teachers and the counselors, when they get into coaching conversations, that creates a whole new dialogue for our students as well and um, empowers cultures and schools. So I had to talk more to Fran about um, your results coaching and how you create cultures in school systems. So tell me a little bit about your company. Well, we're called Results Coaching Global, and we started actually in the early 2000s. Like um, our first iteration of this group was in 2002. We formed a nonprofit, and we are are now have moved to a for-profit entity after a number of years in the nonprofit. But all of us were educational leaders at some point. We were teachers, and then we became principals, directors, superintendents, staff development people always all about learning and our passion of course lies in children and the future so even though we moved out of classrooms as teachers and into leadership it was always all about what's happening with the kids so that that remains our passion and everyone in our company is a successful school leader who evolved from let me tell you what best to do and let me give you some great advice into i believe in you you're here for a reason. You have the best interest of the students at heart, and um, let's get the best out of you. So we do work mainly with the school leadership. We work with superintendents all the way down, and we believe that that changes the cultures in the schools, that the teachers begin to feel more value, that then they value the kids. And just from that whole background of teaching and learning, if you don't listen, you don't know what people are thinking. So the whole foundation, the foundational skill of coaching, which is deep listening, active listening, committed listening, if we don't listen, nothing else follows or changes. And we've seen cultures begin to change just because people listen differently with full presence. And you go in and and teach these leaders, like you said, the foundation. So tell me a little bit about the different levels that you, your company goes in to affect change. Well, we have an accredited coach training program through the ICF. We wanted to have credibility because, as you know, coaching, anybody can say I'm a coach. And coaching became a groundswell movement and a buzzword in education as it did in many other places. We didn't want to just say we're coaches. We want to say we're credentialed coaches through the International Coach Federation. We ascribe to the competencies and the philosophy of the International Coach Federation. So all of our coaches and faculty instructors are professional certified coaches. And that is part of how we start our conversations with people. So our first entry-level seminar with most school districts is called Leadership Coaching for High Performance. And we have distilled 
four essential skills that we teach so that when people leave the four-day seminar, they can begin to really have coaching conversations. And our philosophy is it's not a hat you put on. Coaching is not a jacket, a lab coat you take off and wear at times, but that it becomes part of your leadership identity. And that no matter the role you're in, if you show up first as a coach, then that you're going to have the most impact and the greatest effectiveness. So our essential skills are committed listening, foundational, and then paraphrasing, which is a very underutilized coaching skill that brings people together for clarity and for just being able to have the real conversation, not parallel conversations, or sometimes I call those non-versations. Non-versations, I love it. Non-versations or versations if they're not really together, but they're think they're talking about the same thing. So we emphasize the power of paraphrasing and using metaphor and the language of the other person. Then we also highly value presuming positive intent, which is really believing the best in others, believing that their intent is truly there. And our fourth essential skill that we bring to the first four-day seminar is reflective feedback. And it really combines all of the others. School leaders, as well as all other leaders, give feedback on a very regular basis. And the way it's given and received either builds or destroys trust. So we know that those four essential skills, along with the mindset of the coach leader, really brings about cultural shifts in classrooms and in larger systems. And I know you have other systems, and we're going to talk about that, but what kinds, even in that first four days, so that's like a 24-hour training, that, that foundational entry-level one, right? What yes. kinds of things have you seen, even after just those first four days, that in shifts of, of the way that people interact with one another, the way that leaders lead? Well, the biggest one, I would say, is the ability to resolve conflicts in a more expedient and um, impactful manner because people have been heard. So whether it's parents who are unhappy about something and the leader now listens differently rather than quoting policy, listens to them about their child and their specific concern. There's always policy, there's always rules, there's always things that we can't change. However, if we listen to people and really understand where they're coming from, then we can be partners in their children's success. So that is one of the biggest ones we hear stories about constantly, is different interactions with parents. Then the leaders will have different interactions with teachers which begins to build trust and teachers begin to listen to each other differently. They begin to listen to the students differently. And overall, people just begin to talk and share more openly without being distracted by derailers or things that aren't really that important. So a quick story I'll tell you, there was a principal, uh, he was an assistant principal when he first went through our training and he was promoted pretty quickly to a principalship. It happened to be in the district where my grandchildren go to school. And I had been the one to take my ninth grade granddaughter to the place where they were having a big, you know, get ready for next year. And it was, the gym was full of wonderful activity. And I walked up to say hello to 
principal that was going to be there next year that I knew quite well from having been in our training. And he was deep in conversation with another parent and child. And you know, Meg, he never even noticed me until he finished that conversation, which I, I thought, well, I'm not going to tap him on the shoulder or interrupt because full presence is one of the things that we talk about. Just be fully with the people you're with. And you he were able to witness present. that. Yeah. I witnessed it. I was the one that was waiting for him to get through being fully present with someone else. But, you know, as soon as he looked at me, he looked at my granddaughter. I introduced her because he didn't know her yet. And he said, I've learned a lot from your grandmother, which made me feel great. Of course, he gave me a hug. And I thought, this is a story for me to share because he was fully present then with me mm-hmm. and with Sydney. And then he was fully present with the next parent and child that came along. So when you see people not just scattered with all that's going on who are able to be fully present, and I've seen evidence of that with her in various things that have gone on just because I happen to be close to that situation. But that's a personal one. We see it everywhere. And the couple of books that that we have written are full of stories of people because we collect stories about how cultures, relationships change. One of the big things in education is retention of highly qualified leaders and teachers. And sometimes those are the ones that leave because they don't feel valued. I was um, doing some research for the second book that we wrote that's just coming out. And I was looking about, we talk about student engagement constantly. And how are they engaged in their work? So we started wondering about, well, how are teachers engaged in their work? And I found a Gallup poll that says a whole lot of teachers are not actively engaged in their work, which is scary. Yeah. That's our kids we're talking about and our future. And what were the reasons? No one cares what I think. Well, with coaching, the leaders care what they think. And and the teachers feel that and and experience that. They experience it. And if if the principal, for example, cares what they think, if the instructional coach cares what they think, then they care what the kids think. It really does. It's a vertical alignment, I would call it. When you, when you're treated a certain way, then you want to treat others that way, whether it is with disdain Mm-hmm. or full respect. So the coaching really changes any culture to one of a more respectful, more listening, more careful, more collaborative culture. That's what we're seeing. That's really exciting, particularly when we hear about so much of the bullying and, and the lack of respect happening um, in school systems. This sounds like perhaps one tool, one movement to counter that? It definitely is something that counters that. Uh, Bullying can't take place in a coaching culture. That's absolutely right. (laughs) And um, so that's one of the places where we really do see a difference. When people have conversations that value each other. So one thing, since I brought up the word value, one thing I'm just going to say in our reflective feedback model that we offer in our first seminar, so people really get this, 
we talk about value statements. So instead of saying good job or awesome, which people always love to hear, the value statement gives specific reasons why it was a good job or specific reasons why it was awesome. So those kinds of comments are affirmations of what's going well. And there's always something that is. You know, it, it goes back to appreciative uh, coaching yeah. and appreciative inquiry. Because when you find something that's going well and you say it clearly with specificity, then it can happen again. And then people begin to model those comments. So one of the things we talk about as a mindset of a coach is that they are committed in their listening and their speaking and their models of that. So they listen and they speak. They ask open-ended questions rather than just yes, no. And they offer value statements because that's a form of positive feedback. And we know that change doesn't occur without that either. Well, that requires focusing on what, where the positive is. Our, our emphasis and our, our energy will go where we choose to focus. So if we're looking for the negative, we're going to find the negative. And if we're looking for the positive, it can build on the positive. And that, in the state of Texas at least, is where the evaluation system for teachers is moving. And this, this is a year that it's beginning to take place. So instead of a, I'm coming in and I'm going to evaluate you, yes, there's still an evaluation system. But it's not about you did this wrong, you need to fix it. You did this wrong, you need to fix it. It is more about the conversations. Here's some things that are going well. Here are some things that we might need to focus now on. So teachers do set their own goals. And then the expectation is that there are conversations not once or twice a year, not a formative assessment and a summative assessment, but the conversations are throughout the year. And with uh, what's going well, what might need to move forward, but it's all about the teacher, not someone else deciding for them. How empowering. Yeah. So tell me about the next level. After your entry level, what, what's the next thing that you offer? Well, we, our second part of the curriculum is called Powerful Coaching, and it's another 24-hour um, seminar. We always deepen those four essential skills. And we also, in both seminars, we offer a coaching conversation frame, which is a structured way to enter a conversation and exit a conversation always with next steps so that there's never any doubt about this is an important conversation and it will move us from here to here. It's that gap filling idea, you know, that we have in coaching, that we're always moving forward. So by the time people learn the coaching conversation framework and our four essential skills, they pretty much got the 11 competencies covered. Mm -hmm. So we bring in the competencies in our second four days and show people how they really mesh together with the ICF competencies. One other important piece we bring in in the second um, seminar is an idea about immunity to change. And we take our work from uh, Kagan and Leahy, who wrote the book, Immunity to Change. And they also wrote how the way we talk can change the way we work. And we look at both of those because if we can see complaints as really deep commitments rather than complaints, the way we view people is different. If a parent comes in with a complaint and we see it as a deep commitment to the success of their child, we view them differently. 
so we take that idea and then immunity to change because things are always changing Mm -hmm. in schools and everywhere else. Change is rapid. And people tend to resist unless we can make change something that brings a positive with it or has potential. Yes, and that whole idea of immunity to change is that it may seem like they're resisting, and what it really is is we've built up our immunity to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we begin to see it as a protective device rather than resistance, we can also view it differently. And the thing that keeps showing up, Meg, in our work with teachers and with other school leaders is that it's about us. We have to change first. That's where the transformation occurs. And once we change the way we see people, we treat them differently. Differently. And then they treat others differently. And the ripple occurs. It does. So how do you get schools to engage your services? How, how did you begin this evolution? Well, all of us that um, began this company, and there are four women partners right now, um, we were all in central office positions and had all been in leadership positions, and we just began to evolve through our own coaching experiences when we saw the difference it made with us. So we had a lot of connections within the school community, and we began to say, let us instead of teaching you literacy, for example, or something else, uh, we now offer some coaching. So we started with a few people that we knew, and they liked what was happening. They liked the transformation that they were personally feeling, and they liked the transformation they were seeing in their districts or their systems. So they began to bring us in more. We have a lot of people that we've worked with over seven, eight, or nine years. And now it's sort of a a requirement and expectation that people take our seminars if they intend to advance in leadership. And we're seeing cultural shifts in these places. And then sometimes, as in any other business, people move from one district to another district. And when they move to a new district, they say, well, you're coming into this one now. So far as now, so far, we have, um, it's just been word of mouth. Or people have said, where did you get what you got? And they would say, well, results coaching, you need to call them. And that's really how we're staying extremely busy right now. Good for you. And what a, what a business model. I don't even know if that was intentional, but if it now has become a requirement that people have coaching conversations, that people evaluate through this different framework, you've now become a requirement in a way. That's not bad for business. It's not bad for business. (laughs) In fact, it's been a long, long coming evolution, I would say. There are a lot of people who sense and who know that that's how people change and grow. And then there are some who still hang on to, I want to be in charge. So it's, it's interesting to watch people make that transformation because most of the time when we go into a place, people are there because they want to be. They want it. They're curious. They are voracious learners. They want to know. And then sometimes we go into places where they are required to come. And they might come with an attitude of, I'm here because I have to be. And what is so much fun is to watch them make that shift over the first day, the second day. 
I've hardly ever seen anyone come in, even resistant to change or immune to change, who hasn't been different when they leave. So that's what. How gratifying, huh? Exciting, yes. It keeps me getting up and going because most of our work is in person. All of these seminars are in person. Mm-hmm. We do some virtual things. Uh, we do a lot of virtual support once people have been through the um, initial one or two seminars. So what's your experience in these leaders? How many of them actually want to get all 124 hours of training and become a certified coach? Well, we have several graduates, not a huge number because it's a choice all the way through. Uh, And we have a certain curriculum and a certain pathway. So people sort of just catch the bug. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just want to be the best coach they can be. And they right now don't care about certification. A lot of them, though, say, I want to do that. And so they begin that journey and they can they can take our seminars through their district. And we always have what we call public or open seminars that people can come to on their own if they like. And then, of course, we offer mentoring and um, support in a lot of ways. Once they have their credential, we offer competency webinars in a various in various ways for people who want to get their hours to maintain their certification. And we offer book studies. So, um, so you have quite a variety of services for educators who become coaches. Or, yes, do. or even if they don't, but just to, to further their coaching ability. Yes. Lots of support. Talk a little bit about the two books that you have uh, co-authored with your partners. Okay. Well, the first one is called Results Coaching, The New Essential for School Leaders. That was published in 2010. And people kept asking us after they took a seminar, well, what books do you recommend? And we were recommending all kinds of wonderful books that other people wrote. So we decided we needed to write one that was really geared to the way that we were working. And of course, it's full of education examples because it's it's for educators. You can read the book and still get lots of great information. You certainly can. I've read the book and I don't happen to work in school systems, but it's, it's a lot of really good coaching information and empowering information. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was... Um, co-published by Corwin and Learning Forward and was a finalist for the book of the year, but we didn't quite make that one. But a finalist is pretty exciting. It's exciting, and it is used as a textbook in some um, education leadership courses in several universities. Some that people who've been through our program and some that just picked up the book and they haven't been through our program. So that's quite gratifying, but very often we hear leaders say, I wish I'd had that when I first started or I wish I'd had these classes when I first started. We didn't have anything like that in our preparation. And that doesn't surprise me that they didn't then, but thank goodness they do now. It's never too late. Unless you don't start now. That's the only time it's too late. That's (laughs) I think that's the title of a book, too. That's right. That's Um, right. So when uh, people were asking us about our next book, were we going to revise it? Because our work continues. We're all voracious learners. And we're all active coaches and mentors as well. And we said we've learned a lot since we wrote that one. So instead of revising our one that just came out, it's got a 2017 um, copyright date. It's called Results Coaching Next Steps, Leading for Growth and Change. 
so we've taken what we t wrote in the first book and what we've been teaching, and we've just taken it to another level. Both books have a little bit about neuroscience. This, uh, the newer one has a whole chapter on neuroleadership and neuroscience. There's a lot about positivity and that whole positive mindset movement. Uh, the last chapter is about building a coaching culture. It's all full of stories. We also have a whole chapter on supervision and coaching because as we said, we believe that you enter any role as a coach first. And then there are some times that you do have to get more directive with people, but we still believe that's a last step. And it has, you know, there's still the listening, there's still the guiding, but there may be a little bit more structure to what must be attained. Um, so there are scenarios in there about some possible conversations that you might have with teachers who are high flying and just want somebody to talk about and do their own next thing. And then there are those that are brand new who also just need a lot of coaching, maybe a little bit more mentoring. And then there are some that are maybe burned out a little bit. And how do you reignite those? That's another success story we have is that teachers can get burned out. Oh, it's yeah. hard, hard work. It's it is hard, hard work. work. Yeah. And we don't want to lose those. There are some that are called the irreplaceables, but they're the ones that leave because they're not in those conversations that really cause them to think deeply and consider what they want to do for themselves next. So we want to hold on to the irreplaceables. And coaching is, we've seen transformations of people getting reignited once they are able to be in those kind of conversations. I just um, can only imagine that while it is exhausting to give uh, these full-day seminars, it's also probably so invigorating. And when you see the transformations and you see it connect and, and uh, energize people, the, that has to energize you as the instructor as well. It does. It changes us. We learn every time we go out. And... I can't think of anything that I'd rather be doing than what I'm doing with being a faculty instructor, a coach, and a mentor in this fabulous work that you and I both do. Absolutely. So, first of all, I want to let everybody know this is exciting. Fran has um, offered to give one of each of her books, so we'll have those in the book giveaway. Now that you've done such a great job talking about what's in them, I'm sure everybody's like, I want one of those. Uh, so we, we will have those, and, and thank you for that. That's so generous of you. I know your company is um, global, so how far-reaching different school systems I know you're based in Texas and and but how far-reaching does this sort of extend into different schools across how far the the country the world the state right now the country oh I know uh, we say global that's probably an ambition well that's uh, a great ambition it is uh, we are in a, a number of states and districts so Yes, a lot in Texas, uh, a lot in other states as well. So we are throughout the country, from New York to California to um, Georgia, uh, all, every direction. That is, that is exciting to be able to see how you are going to impact school by school, state by state, 
country by country and um, and al allow people to see how a coaching conversation can positively impact such an important organization as our educational system. Fran, Thank you so much for taking the time to share what you and your company do for our for our young ones, for our um, educators who are such an incredibly important part of our society, and I, I believe are not always appreciated and um, lifted up to the place that that they need to be for, for what they do for all of us and what results coaching global um, brings into those organizations and how you value and honor our educators and from 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 top to bottom is um, absolutely well it's evolutionary so thank, thank you for that so thanks Fran for joining us today it's my pleasure It was great to spend time with Fran on the show and to hear about the impact that bringing coaching conversations and skill development into the school systems is doing to strengthen our future foundation and role model for our children, the value of being fully present in a conversation and focused on one another and being respectful and really valuing the person that you're talking with. If you'd like to know more about Fran Schuster, Results Coaching Global, any of the resources in the books that she talked about in the interview or about our show, be sure to visit starcoachshow.com. The resources will be on the resource page. And as she noted, Fran is providing two of her books for our ongoing book giveaway. So you'll want to go to the contact page to give your information for the book giveaway. Our current book in the book giveaway is Be Sharp, Tell Me About Yourself in Great Introductions and Professional Bios. That's Minna Brown's book with her co-author Paula Asinoff. That book is currently the book that we are giving away, so you don't want to miss your opportunity to get that book. Go to the contact page and follow the directions on the page to be entered into the book giveaway. I want to thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. If you have any feedback for the show, please feel free to send that my way. If you'd like to rate and review on iTunes, if you find the show to be of value, that would be greatly appreciated. So this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a great week.